Welcome to PantherCast, the official podcast of TMI Episcopal, where we share stories from our alumni, updates about the school, and help you reconnect and discover what the TMI community is all about. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of TMI's PantherCast podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Director of Community Relations. Once again, I'm pleased to bring you the audio of our senior chapel talks from this past week by Bridget Lynch and Jessica Sue, TMI class of 2019. Our first featured talk is by Bridget Lynch. Bridget has been a part of the TMI community since the sixth grade. She is planning to study both classics and parasitology in college this fall. When not in class, you'll find Bridget spending time with her corgis or hunting for the greatest chai tea latte. Thank you for listening, and now, enjoy this Senior Chapel Talk. I am going to try speaking some reckless words, and I want you to try to listen recklessly. Zhuangzi. The American Southwest is a land of zen and serenity. There, the world waltzes through every second. I would wake up extra early on those mornings as to not miss the breathtaking sunrise against the light blue sky peeking over the rust-colored mountains. You are allowed to just be, like the cool air in the effortless sky. On a grassy knoll underneath a willow tree, I took a nap. In the stillness of that moment, I discovered the true meaning of being reckless. When I say true recklessness, I don't mean accidentally burning pizza bites in the oven or taking up three spots in the parking lot. I mean uninhibited creation, creating infinite joy in other people's lives, cultivating this joy within ourselves to spread recklessly with the world, capturing every moment possible unselectively, enjoying humanity and its dazzling wonder, living in the experience and the space between the lines. When I say reckless, I mean learning how to appreciate the gift of this world, the gift of its opportunities, and the gift of our existence. The words I will speak are ultimately meaningless to you. I can't order you to experience this kind of epiphany. It has to occur organically for you, a moment uniquely profound to your life to have any sort of meaningful impact. I found that moment by napping under a tree in the Southwest. You might find it in the lost and found bin, for all I know. However, I can tell you what happened to me after I found it. I was bounding, uninhibited, and, well, reckless. The limits of a mundane world meant nothing to me. I found my happiness and my ultimate satisfaction, and I vowed to hold on to it tenaciously, to never let it go. Zeal flooded my heart, and I was a new person. In Kurt Vonnegut's first novel, Player Piano, he writes, I want to stay as close to the edge as I can without going over. Out on the edge, you see all kinds of things you can't see from the center. As human beings, we like to stay tethered to the center. We prefer to stand on solid ground and to leave the car windows rolled up. We want to be comfortable and content and satisfied. Our solace in the chaos of life is predictability, to know that lemon bars will always taste like lemons. By staying in the center, you become accustomed to only the beauty there, and it suddenly becomes less 
beautiful, because it is no longer inspiring, but worn. The world in your eyes becomes dull. It looks less effortless. You find life's beauty non-existent and life's joy past history. Living in the center is miserable. During my sophomore year, I retreated to the center because I did not know how to deal with my best friend moving away. I felt lonely and scared on the edge, so naturally I retreated to a place of comfort, the place of predictability, the center. I began to believe in the meaninglessness of things, the hopeless absurdity of life. I couldn't handle a feeling of helplessness. I had developed a fear of falling over the edge. I had a fear of never finding as close a friend again. I expected my world to stay the same after world-changing events. I kept trying to fit the people around me into an impossible mold, and I kept feeling dissatisfied when they did not fit. I cried for countless hours because the world felt overwhelming, overbearing, and gray. I thought that I wasn't enough. I convinced myself that I had lost my joy forever. I convinced myself that my friends were not my true friends. I convinced myself that my accomplishments were not my true accomplishments. I felt that I could only rely on myself on this big, scary rock we call Earth. I felt alone in the massive, pitch-black vacuum we call space. In Anthony Burgess's Opus Magnum, A Clockwork Orange, he writes, but what I do, I do because I like to do. Part of being reckless is thriving in your whim of self-desire. At some point, you have to realize that the purpose of your life is not for the satisfaction of others, but for the satisfaction of yourself. You have to accept that you are enough. Personal happiness and fulfillment are a direct result of being reckless, of dwelling on the edge. That's where satisfaction thrives. You lose your grasp of this satisfaction when you stay in the center, when you find the world lackluster, when you find your world bland. That's when you are stuck in the center. You are just plain stuck. During the nap that I alluded to earlier, my epiphany came in how to get unstuck. That summer, I had been accepted to attend St. John Summer Academy, a week-long program in Santa Fe, New Mexico. There we read classic books and discussed them at wood grain tables under the tutelage of the college's professors, or as we call them, tutors. That program and the people at that program changed my life. On the Thursday of my week there, my newfound friends and I decided to spend our free time and lay on the grass under the shade of a willow tree. One pulled out her phone to play Smetana's classical piece, Mavlast Thou," and then we sat in the stillness, only taking in the sights of nature and the sounds of violins. In that moment, I realized that for the first time in a long time, I was at 
ease. I spent my time around people who were shamelessly themselves. I found myself letting go of my self-imposed barriers, my self-doubt, my loneliness. I knew and embraced that I was enough. I discovered my inner serenity and my true satisfaction and my genuine happiness. I had traveled back to the edge. A week later, I read Kurt Vonnegut's Breakfast of Champions, and everything finally made sense. In it, Vonnegut writes, Dear Sir, you are an experiment by the creator of the universe. You are the only creature in the entire universe who has free will. You are the only one who has to figure out what to do next and why. You are pooped and demoralized. Why wouldn't you be? Of course, it is exhausting having to reason all the time in a universe which wasn't meant to be reasonable. I then came to understand that the path to happiness is doing whatever it is that I love to do, to embrace the edge, to embrace spontaneity, to embrace my free will. That moment onward, I welcomed recklessness. I rolled down the car windows, I stood on the desk. I talked to new people, I joined robotics, I read banned books, I baked lemon bars. I embraced spontaneity and the edge because I felt like it. And then my world became a little less dull. In fact, a lot less dull. I saw life's beauty and the universe's wonder again. My world is now happy and endless and beautiful because I decided to embrace myself unabashedly. Because of my moment in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Because of my moment reading Kurt Vonnegut. The first draft of this talk was simply life advice and nothing personal. I was scared to put a spotlight on my misery and claim it as mine in front of you. I was scared to share who I was before Summer Academy. I was scared to admit that I felt friendless. I felt mediocre. My world felt gray. I was scared to admit that I initially did not know how to live without my best friend. I'll let you in on a little secret. The world is an awful place when the person who brings out the best in you moves thousands of miles away. But I guarantee you, the world is a worse place if you think that your best qualities move thousands of miles away with her. As I read the first draft aloud, my friend brought up my very hypocrisy. I asked you to be reckless when I couldn't do it myself. One week in the mystical American Southwest did not make my life advice perfect. In fact, I have strayed from it on more occasions than I'd like to admit. This doesn't mean that the advice is faulty or ineffective. It means that while you change and grow and explore the limits of this limitless world, the truth of this advice will never change. Thank you. Our second featured talk is by Jessica Zhu. Jessica has been a part of the TMI community since coming here in the eighth grade as a boarding student. In her talk, she shares how she has learned to view every moment in life as precious and lives every day like it is her last. Thank you for listening, and now, enjoy this Senior Chapel Talk. I had many struggles ever since I became a teenager. 
All of these struggles happened to me in a foreign country. I came to TMI as an eighth grader when I was 13. I came to America due to many reasons. I was always a troublemaker at my old school. I had a really bad relationship with my parents. And most importantly, for some reasons, I wanted to stay away from everyone I know as far as possible, so I came to America. Everything seemed so disappointing the moment I walked down the airplane. I started to realize that, after all, I am just a 13-year-old girl. Everything is just so different from the country I lived in, especially the cultural differences that I experienced. My disappointment grew as days passed by because I was getting sick from eating burgers, pizza, and all kinds of fast food every day. I was miserable. Finally then, school started and I moved into the dorms as an eighth grader. I was very confused for a while in the beginning because people kept asking me the same question over and over again. Hey, what's up? I wasn't sure whether I should answer the sky or the ceiling in the beginning, so I just always awkwardly smile back at them. Later on, these awkward situations didn't get better. They became worse because I started getting questions like, do you guys have Starbucks in China? Asked by a teacher. I thought he was joking with me, so I answered, no, what is Starbucks? Then I could feel that suddenly the temperature dropped in the classroom and everyone started giving me this sympathetic look. At this time, I realized they're not joking. One question I remember so clearly until this day is, hey, do you know what is Kung Fu? Yes, I answered. Can you fly like Jackie Chan? I mean, if I could fly all the way from China to America, I wouldn't be standing here delivering this talk today. These awkward moments made me realize how precious everything was back when I was in my own country, where I didn't have to worry about people asking me these kind of questions and didn't have to worry about people viewing me as an alien. So to make myself feel better, I started telling myself that it is okay, everything will get better, it just takes time. Everything was fine at the beginning of my freshman year, but the winter of that year, a friend of mine passed away. This friend had grown up with me. We were so close, I felt like we were already a part of each other's life. I never thought that one day we will be separated, not by distance, but between life and death. And no matter what I do, I cannot make this distance closer. I didn't want to tell anyone because I didn't know how. I forced myself not to think about it. I shut everything around me. I behaved normally, but for a long time, I was so numb inside. It was probably the coldest winter that I have ever experienced. Later on the summer of my sophomore year, I started noticing that there was something wrong with my grandmother. She used to be very good at cooking, and one day after I came home, she made dinner for me. It was just some simple food that she always makes for me, but this time it tasted like nothing. It didn't have any flavors. She then kept on forgetting things. She would even repeat the sentence she just said over and over again. There was a deep powerlessness I felt because there was nothing I could do about it. I was just watching the person who accompanied me for more than 10 years in my life who supported me when everyone was against me, who loves me more than anything, 
slowly losing the ability to take care of herself, forgetting everything around her. She can remember everything from the past, mainly when I was little, but sometimes she can barely recognize me when I stand in front of her. This crushed me from inside out. My regrets grew deeply every day, and I thought about the same questions over and over again. I always thought if I had not left China, if I had not left my family, if I had not left my friend, would everything be different? At that time, all I wanted to do was to stay away from everyone. I wanted to grow up so badly. I tried to control my own life, but now I look back and I wish I had spent more time with them, and I regret why I didn't realize how precious those moments I had with them were. Why did I tell them how much they meant to me? But there is no if. I cannot turn back time. The tricky thing about life is that people always learn after they make a mistake, and people always learn to cherish after they lose something. If your parents are 40 right now and the average human lifespan is 79 years, that means there are only 39 more years left for you to spend time with them. If your grandparents are 70, there are just nine years left, and this number does not include all the time you spend without them. So you see, the time we get is not infinite. But because we don't have infinite time, it makes life precious. Every minute that you missed will not come back, and each person that you missed will also never come back. I know that sometimes we really wish every day just passes faster, and this society is pushing us to move forward more quickly. But do realize that if you ever look back in the future one day, are you going to say, "I wish I had made my time more useful"? Or are you going to say, "I am so glad I realized how precious those moments were"? When we were young, we always wished to grow up faster and behave like adults. But adults wish they could turn back time and become children who don't need to worry about what is going to happen tomorrow. And as you grow up, as days pass by, you realize that the biggest thief in life is time. It steals all the ones we love and care about. People we know well and not so well, and our happiest and most painful memories. So then you realize that every past moment was the best moment. Every age is the best age. It is just at the time you don't understand how precious it is. I know that even today, many of you guys sitting here, looking perfectly fine, just like others, may be carrying lots of pain and stress that no one know about. But I just want you to know that each moment in life is precious. Even those memories that are not so beautiful is still a part of life. When you feel like it's too hard to keep going, stop for a while and look back at those best memories, those precious moments that are going to carry you through the bad days and they keep you moving forward. Lastly, TMI. I hope that 10 years from now on, after you walk out from this chapel today. You look back, and you would say that I leave no regrets, because I lived every day as my last. Thank you. Thank you for listening to TMI's PantherCast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback and show ideas. So leave us a comment, email, or connect with us on Facebook, 
Instagram, or Twitter using at TMI Episcopal. For more news, ways to connect, and to learn about upcoming events on campus, visit our website at www.tmi-sa.org.